Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Well, you, you've done some more work into the recent discoveries at Antarctica, uh, which uh, has prompted you to release some updated versions of your novel, Raising Atlantis. Tell us about that. Well, you know, the discovery that really happened was by your audience years ago when you first had me on your show to discuss Raising Atlantis, mm-hmm. which, which is a novel about a secret U.S. military expedition, and it unearths ancient ruins deep beneath the ice of Antarctica. Pure fiction, right? Yeah. So your listeners were among the first to realize that the book that Simon & Schuster published was not the same version as my original ebook on Amazon. And that's because certain chapters in the original version were flagged by intelligence officials over some national security concerns and thus redacted. And that's still the case, even with the most recent 15th anniversary edition that Simon & Schuster published just in January before the pandemic. So most of those redactions made no sense to me at the time, and there are still a couple of chapters under lock and key for the most mundane reasons. I mean, these things were involving things like troop movements and how long it takes the U.S. to field troops on the ice in a crisis. In fact, one one of the pages was marked up by somebody in the intelligence community with the initial CR, which at the end of the day, we thought we figured out meant Condoleezza Rice. Don't know. This was way back just before it was uh, published. But there were also some fantastic elements I completely made up, like Dean Koontz, or I thought I did, that I was asked to strip out. And ironically, some of those are the ones in the news now. And the probably the biggest discovery coming out now in sensational headlines uh, came out in January, about the same time as the anniversary edition, coincidentally. And the reports revolve around the discovery of, uh, uh, you got to stay with me here, a parallel universe going backwards in time. Whoa. And if that's not enough, just last month was the discovery of a gigantic structure in space that can only be seen from Antarctica. Crazy stuff. But it was stuff hinted at in the original edition of Raising Atlantis. So as a result of these public acknowledgments, I was allowed to release some of these so-called lost chapters as a companion anthology, so they're out now on Amazon. How many countries, Thomas, are down there right now? Uh, more than we think. I mean, look, when it Antarctica, the Antarctica Treaty was first created or put into force in 1961. I think there were 12, 13 countries that were signatories. Seven have claims. The U.S., uh, then Soviet Union, China don't have official claims. But the whole gist of the Antarctica Treaty system, it's actually a system of treaties, uh, all turns on this one idea that you can make a claim, but nobody has to acknowledge that it's legal. Russia's down there in a big way, I hear. Do you they, hear they that, too? They always have been. They were, among the fir- they were the first there to actually use radio echo surveys in the 50s to... Uh, try to take a look at the subglacial topography. They're still there now. I would say that they uh, have probably been the country that has had the longest continuous presence on the ice. 
since uh, we'll we'll get into what the Nazis were doing and whether you still think some of them may be there, uh, there's always been talk that they uh, Hitler escaped through that region. He was obsessed with that area, anyways. Yep. And uh, we'll we'll get into that. But geographically, can you kind of plot out what it looks like for us? You mean under the ice? Under the ice. Sure. Uh, under the ice. If you strip the ice of Antarctica, you would find an ancient landmass in East Antarctica about the size of Australia. And then the western half of Antarctica, if you took the ice off, it'd be a series of islands. And this is what makes Antarctica very different than the Arctic. You take the ice out of the Arctic, which is melting fast, you have water. But you take the ice off of Antarctica, you have an ancient landmass that goes back thousands, millions of years. Jeez. Okay, now there was an old map, I mean, uh, from the 1500s called Perry Reese. Yes, it belonged to uh, uh, a Turkish admiral in the Ottoman Empire. And the key thing about that map is that it was based on earlier source maps going back to the ancient Romans and even before that. And the map actually shows the subglacial topography of Antarctica, which technologically speaking, was impossible because it was covered with ice. So clearly, at some point, those earlier source maps, probably during even earlier maps, of some sort of culture that navigated the globe and could map Antarctica before the ice covered it. So uh, it's always been a mystery. Uh, It exists. So there you have it. There is a map that shows what Antarctica looks like under the ice uh, before ice covered it. Now, just to put it in perspective, the U.S. State Department officially states that the first human to ever set foot in Antarctica did so in the 1800s. Obviously, the Perry Reese map uh, casts doubt on that claim. Thomas, since you've been investigating this, what was it that caught your eye? I think the whole issue of anomalies that they have been uh, detecting in Antarctica for years, uh, it's always been a mystery. And this latest one, for example, the whole parallel universe thing, I mean, the basic fact is that what they discovered, and it was published uh, by, the research paper was published by Cornell University, is that the Antarctica impulsive transient antenna head around that. Uh, they call it Anita. This, uh, they detected certain neutrino particles. And that's part of the mystery, which is uh, neutrinos are these subatomic part- particles. They travel at light speeds. They're created by violent astrophysical events like exploding stars and gamma ray bursts. So they come from outer space and they can pass through solid objects, just like you and I could walk through air. But they have virtually no mass or electric charge, so they're hard to detect. That's why they're called ghost particles. But it's not their detection in Antarctica that's at the center of all this recent excitement. It's their behavior. Like I said, neutrinos come from space, but the neutrinos they're detecting in Antarctica are coming out of the Antarctic ice from the interior of the Earth. So on a fundamental, factual level, This is an incredibly unlikely phenomenon. 
You know, that's the reality. So what does it mean? Where do these neutrinos come from? What's their origins? That's the mystery. So it could mean, could, it could be evidence of an alternate reality where everything's upside down and going backwards in time. That was the headline of New Science in its April headline. The UK's Express reported a parallel universe breakthrough. Scientists find the origins of anomalies in Antarctica. Not quite, wouldn't go so far as they do. I think USA Today's coverage got it right in simply acknowledging that this discovery on the surface of Antarctica defies the laws of physics as we understand them. And why did they why did they call Antarctica the graveyard of lost continents? Well, again, because there are lost continents under the ice, like I said, the ancient landmass of East Antarctica, which was the first uh, place, by the way, that the Russians established Lake Vost, their base at Lake Vostok, and it's part of raising Atlantis. It is the one that's the deepest in the interior of Antarctica and the least explored. Tremendous work out there. Have you ever, have you been out that way? Uh, you know, I've been to some cold places, uh, not quite not there as yet. cold as the interior of Antarctica. Um, but when the book came out, the fascinating thing was how many messages I got from Navy personnel and scientists working on the ice who confirmed a lot of my conjectures and gave me more information, and uh, mostly in terms of how many operations are going down, uh, are going on down there uh, that just we don't know about, but there's plenty of activity. Why is it so secretive? I mean, what are they hiding? Well, you know, you kind of wonder. Uh, I mean, it was so bad. I mean, again, some things have changed now. We have Google Earth, for example, so we have a lot of armchair uh, archaeologists and other interested people uh, claiming to have found pyramids in the ice like in Raising Atlantis or other things. But as recently as the late 1990s, this always struck me uh, when I was researching Raising Atlantis, uh, it was a big deal that Bill Clinton, he was speaking in uh, New Zealand, which, of course, is one of the closest land areas to uh, Antarctica, and they released, they released, or rather declassified, certain satellite footage from the 1970s. They wouldn't even declassify stuff going up through the 90s. And it struck me, this included satellite overheads. And I was thinking, why would the U.S. dedicate a satellite or two to Antarctica? What are they covering down there? Who are, you know, I think That's right. most likely... You could argue it was to spy on uh, what the Russians were doing, but uh, there were, there's something else going on there, and they were also hiding what they were doing, what we've been doing down there. What about, uh, was it John Kerry, former uh, politician, of course, went down that way? And uh, there seems to be a lot of people going down to see something. Well, I think in terms of, Today's issues with the environment, Antarctica is considered ground zero, and a lot of folks go down there uh, to see what's going on. Uh, it is a place for research, as well as all this other stuff. Uh, I know uh, Director Jim Cameron's gone down there. Politicians have gone down there. Uh, it's still a place like climbing Everest that uh, allows a little uh, chest-thumping uh, that you've gone down there. But I really think that for civilians, it's mostly 
some of the nature stuff, uh, and it's actually been a point of concern for scientists that too much tourism, and by tourism I mean it's almost always around the coasts with, with ships. It's not, again, the deep interior of Antarctica, which, by the way, has never been charted on foot, only by air. Uh, I, I think that that, that kind of tourism uh, has brought some pollution that concerns scientists. Thomas, tell us about this discussion about parallel universes down that way. Well, again, it's all about these neutrinos and their behavior and the question of, okay, why are these neutrinos rising up from under the ice? What is down there? If if their origins are supposedly from outer space and other galaxies, what the heck could be under the ice or in the interior of the Earth that is spawning these neutrinos rising upwards. And so that's where the conjecture is. Uh, again, if you get to the, the, the fact is, is that this phenomenon exists. So let's leave it at that. The conjectures go wild. It could be, well, maybe there's some sort of exotic alloy uh, buried down there, like an asteroid or you know, a spaceship or some alien base or a secret Nazi base. You know, and it's out of that base where we've gotten all these UFO sightings, and that's what the U.S. Navy fighter, the F-18s, encountered uh, uh, a couple of years ago. So uh, you get crazy stuff there, but there is a kernel of truth to the scientific discovery of that anomaly that does defy uh, what we see so far as the law of physics. Do you find Antarctica different from the Arctic North Pole? Oh, yeah, it's night and day. Again, the Arctic is, is, that's ice, and under it is water. So the big deal there right now, of course, is in the terms of the future of the Arctic, is the Russians are they're mining. Uh, it also, with seaways there, it gives them a port. Uh, it, it, it's always been a concern for the U.S. in terms of attacks coming from the other side of the world because the bombers have a shorter path. Over the over the Arctic to the U.S., so in that sense, it's very strategic. But again, it has no landmass. Uh, you have to go to that Norwegian Ar- island where they have the the seed bank <laughs> to to find a landmass in the Arctic Circle. But Antarctica, uh, again, is the ancient landmass. There is obviously something under the ice because it was once a tropical climate. I got to tell you, Tom, it's a fascinating area, isn't it? Well, it's the closest thing to another planet we have on this. So I'd say you've got Antarctica and maybe parts of the world's, uh, uh, the deepest parts of the world's oceans are probably the least explored on the planet. In fact, you can make a great argument. We know more about Mars because of the global surveying that we've done through um, the probes we sent there than we do of Antarctica and uh, the deep. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.